0: Hi there, my name is Alex Faust, and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week, we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from. I am Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge, and it's great to be back. Um, If you're not familiar with John, He is the founder and CEO of the CEO Global Network, which is an exclusive CEO peer group organization. He's built and led successful nine-figure businesses, both in the US and Canada, and really understands what it takes to lead at the top, which is why he's now so invested in giving back. And John is the author of the acclaimed business book, Great CEOs and How They're Made. We'll be touching a little bit on some of the aspects of that today. And I just want to welcome him back to the Growth Institute community. It's been probably a year now, John, since you were with us. So uh, where are you calling in from today?
1: Calling in from Toronto, Canada today, Alex, and it's it's great to see you again. It's just great to be with you.
0: But with that, you know, I want to jump right in. You know, John, I know over the years you've mentored hundreds of high performing CEOs, and I'm just kind of curious. Like, is there a common denominator or something that they're all doing that makes you know the great ones really stand out?
1: Well, there is, Alex. Yeah, and you know i uh, i've given I've given. You know that topic. Uh, a lot of thought. Uh, you know, because I, as you mentioned, I've had the privilege of working with so many, and 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 many of them, absolute top performers in their field. And there is a common denominator, and and it's this: uh, it, they're learning machines. Okay, they are. They are. You know, you, you hear about the lifelong learner. Uh, certainly, they're lifelong learners, but they're they're learning machines. They're they're like the best athletes, the best performers in Every field are you know I I would say they are sort of uh, advocates for the aggregation of marginal gains. What the heck is that? Well, it's getting better at the margin, right? I mean, CEOs have got a lot of talent, a lot of skill, but the best ones keep getting better and better. And every time uh, you know that they they uh, uh, are in a, a leading situation. They're self-aware enough to say, how could I get better at that? And they identify. And, you know, maybe if we have timeouts, we can talk about micromanaging your professional and personal growth. Because the best CEOs that I have ever worked with uh, micromanage their personal development and their professional growth uh, by focusing in on the things that will make them better. Uh, just like the best athletes do, and just like the best performers in all fields do.
0: So I'm kind of curious about that. You know, you you talked about getting better at, at the margins. I'm I'm wondering how you see the relationship of like going deeper on the things that you're good at and kind of maximizing your strengths versus working on improving your weaknesses. How do you see that relationship for a CEO and and you know what's important in that in that regard?
1: Is very good question, Alex and. I I feel there are certain things that CEOs have got to be good at. Uh, for example, and you know, there's probably some entrepreneurs on this call. As an entrepreneur, if you do not get your nose into the numbers, you could you could have some big problems. Like you cannot delegate, abdicate the numbers, and and so you know I I hear I I. I know about, you know, you wanna to continue to develop your strengths, okay? However, that is important, but there are, there is a certain baseline here of understanding of certain fundamental things that CEOs gotta be good at. Like CEOs have gotta be good with people. They've gotta be self-aware. They've gotta be emotionally intelligent. These things don't always come naturally. You know, and, and, and it, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And, you know, Marshall Goldsmith wrote, wrote the classic, what got you here, won't get you there. And, and one of his 21 things is, you know, well, I know I'm no good at, uh, at the, at the numbers, but that's just who I am. Well, that's not good enough for a CEO. If you're the CEO of the business, you better, you better touch all the bases and have a good, solid understanding. And so that's what I mean about micromanaging your development. Uh, and you get that by being self-aware, getting feedback from people who will tell you the truth, which is a challenge for anybody who owns a business or runs a business is hearing the truth. And uh, we can touch on that a little bit later, but, uh, I, yeah, I think you want to continue working on your strengths. However, don't ignore things you've got to get better at. And, uh, you know, you do so at your peril, Alex.
0: I'm curious, you know, you mentioned the numbers, um, can you be a little bit more specific? Like, what are the numbers that you think like the CEOs have to understand these aspects of whether it be the balance sheet or cash flow? What What are the numbers to you that you see as being most imperative?
1: Well, cash flow is absolutely king, right? Cash flow is is absolutely critical. I mean, it. I mean, it's. It depends what what business you're running, what kind of business you're running. Uh, cash flow is a lot different for an entrepreneur than it is for somebody running. A country for Xerox or for Apple, right? I mean, <laughs> there are different cash flow challenges there usually, uh, but certainly for anybody running their own business, cash flow has got to be a dashboard right up on the top of your, uh, you know, right on your on your desktop. You have got to watch it. Uh, you know, I mean, I I I have I have a let's call it a silly rule that I do. I I check I check the company's bank balance every day. How much cash do we have? Every day, right? And how much do you need? Yeah, it depends who you talk to. Some people say, uh, just, I just read a really good book. Uh, I can't remember the author of it, but you know, they said you got to have one year's cash flow. Like, yeah, you got to have one year's cash flow. Um, so um, from that point of view, that's very important. Balance sheet's huge. The balance sheet is huge. Best balance sheet wins in a crisis. The best balance sheet's going to win. And and so those are very important. I also think I also think that there is a financial dashboard um, that you want to keep an eye on. That you know one is historic and the other is looking forward. I think what's really important is, you know, what causes the numbers. eh? What causes the numbers? uh, uh, Not just looking at the income statement and balance sheet from you know the past months or the the most the current months, but let's look at what causes that income statement to look better. And that's really important that we get a dashboard on what causes sales, what causes cash flow, and those types of things. So, and like, you got to have your nose in the receivables, right? You just got to know, uh, and, and you got to have great people working with you, but you, you, you just cannot, you can't leave it alone. You got to understand it. You got to understand it really close.
0: So when you talk about, you know, the imperatives of, of CEOs, numbers, you talked about the, the self-awareness and, you know, people skills and emotional intelligence, things like that. Yeah. Are the things that make great CEOs today different than what made a great CEO, say, five, 10 years ago?
1: I think there are things that are different. I think there's, I mean, the world has changed so much, hasn't it? It's changed so much. I, and, and whether they've changed or whether they become more important. I mean, people were always important. Emotional intelligence was always important. The numbers were always important. But, well, you know, today it is so critical that the leader of a company be outstanding with people and be emotionally intelligent. And you know what does that mean? You know, like I mean, you you know, well, specifically, I I boil it down to this: you want you want to ramp up your empathy as a as a leader. Like there is, and we've talked about this before, Alex. Like companies have never done better, and people have never been in more stressful situations than today. You know, companies are doing this you know, by and large. And the people, people are doing this. I mean, look at mental health in the in the workplace. Look at the look at look at just health in general. And, and as leaders, we have to be conscious of that. And because the world we live in today is totally different than the world 10 years ago. And we need to be more tuned in to people and their needs. And and you know from previous discussions, I'm a big believer in one-on-one meetings with people on your team. And on a regular basis, I, you know, I, I, I like two hours a month, quiet time, nobody, no interruptions. It's just the two of us. And we're going to talk about things that are important to you in this meeting. Yeah, we're going to look at the KPIs, leading and leading in indicators. But the first question is going to be, what's the most important thing we should talk about today, Alex? What's the best use of our time? And today, it's not always about the
0: business. I'm curious where you're turning um, and where you're recommending CEOs turn if people and emotional intelligence are not their uh, innate, one of their innate abilities, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. where, where are you recommending they go to kind of build some of those, those tools and strengths and skills?
1: Well, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's a couple of places to go to develop emotional intelligence, right? If you want, I mean, and by the way, the only way that, that anybody gets better at emotional intelligence or at anything for that matter is to be highly motivated, highly motivated. Uh, and, and so let's say we do have a CEO who wants to kick it up a couple of notches and be more empathetic. By the way, you've got to be authentic and real you know you like you can't you can you can't fake empathy i mean i really don't think some people say fake it till you make it you got to be genuine you got to be sincere you got to truly care about people and so and there are people who care about people that that need to get better at emotional intelligence like i'm still working at it right and i got i got a long way to go talking about aggregation of marginal gains i mean i got a way to go there but if I want to get more empathetic, then there's certain things that I have to do. Okay. And by the way, having someone check your backswing and, you know, mentor you in these areas can be extremely helpful. Hanging with people who are good at that. This is a value of collaboration and teams, eh, Alex, teams, where, you know, like, on your management team, you better have somebody. I don't mean you, you particularly, Alex. I mean on management teams, you better have a high level of empathy on those teams, as opposed to everybody. You know, like just you know, it's all about the numbers. Forget the people. Uh, I hope there aren't many of them around anymore. But the there was a day, right? There was a day. It was all about all about that, and not about the people as much. And so, both on teams and in the leader you've got to develop that empathy and the way you do that is is to spend time with people understand them be curious like force yourself to be curious and know more about that person you know like their background you know i mean doing doing uh doing exercises about you know like learning about their life like you know <laughs> What are the major milestones in your life? Or, you know, you know, in 10 minutes or less, what are they, right? You learn a lot. You know, you learn a lot. And I think the more you know about the people you work with, the more empathy you have for them. I really do. So you just got to be conscious of it and then work at it. This is the micromanaging of your development. And, you know, sometimes people will get work on emotional intelligence because they've just been... They've been blindsided by something where the board has said, You got you got 60 days, you got 60 days to get that team together. Okay, because you got you you got problems. And, you know, you don't want to wait until you're (laughs) until you're not the CEO anymore to learn these things. So you want to be ahead of the curve, you want to anticipate. I think that's where having people checking your backswing is very important, who are telling you the truth, who really care about. You know genuinely care about your success that's important for and, and it's important for someone who's not emotionally intelligent and someone who wants to get emotionally intelligent and that's just one example it could be a, it could be a number of other things you know there's 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 dimensions of leadership that you got to get better at beyond, beyond well a good example is the numbers eh? I mean you, you got to be some, some people have got to be motivated to get into the numbers and don't wait for don't wait for the bank to call. Get ahead of the game. Anyway, that's. Uh, I hope that answers your question on that, yeah,
0: I We were talking about sports before uh, we started the interview. we were talking about <laughs> we my Eagles right. and and my Flyers. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you know, in in sports, like athletes are spending ninety to ninety five percent of their time practicing to perform 5, 10 percent of the time. In business, it's very backwards where. Spending maybe 5% of our time practicing or preparing ourselves, but we're performing, you know, 90, 95% of the time. I'm curious, what does it look like? What do you recommend for CEOs that you're working with in terms of like carving out time to become a better CEO, to become more emotionally intelligent, to become, you know, better at the numbers? We're busy running our businesses, our families, our, our, our personal like, how do you make time for this? And what, what do you recommend?
1: You got you. You just have to you have to make time for it, uh, and that's the aggregation of marginal gains. They just constantly, constantly. Uh, you really got to you got to hardwire it into your calendar. Uh, you've also got to love it. Therefore, you're thirsty for it, and therefore, you know it's 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 almost it's part of your life. You know, you're reading that book, you're you're reading that article, you're checking that video. It's all around getting better at the margin. And um
0: But John, I'm curious, does it have to be like, is it just learning for learning's sake, or is it intentional learning with like deliberate? No, it's intentional.
1: It's intentional. It's intentional. It gets back to the it gets back to that question that and I mentioned earlier, you know, like what's the number one thing you need to get better at as a leader? Everybody listening to this call right now, uh uh, has an answer to that question. What's the number one thing you need to get better at as a leader to achieve your vision for the business? Well, I got to get better at delegating. I got to get better at holding people accountable. I got to get, there's a hundred, hundreds of answers. The reason I ask CEOs that question is to focus in and say, okay, let's, let's focus in on that one thing. Let's be deliberate. Let's micromanage that, that professional growth. And then we'll work on the next one because, you know, there's no perfect leader, right? I mean, you work for your whole life on the the next thing and the next thing and continue to get better. That's what, back to your first question, that's what the best do. And I ask that question every meeting, right? And, 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 and what are you doing? What are you doing to get better? And uh, you know, so and, 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 you know, you ask, you ask CEOs, how much time are you spending getting better at being a leader? And they well, I, I really don't have time for that. How can you not have time for it? You know, like the minimum that you need is a day a month, which is one in 20, assuming you're working 20 days a month with most most CEOs are not. But let's say so that's 5% of your time. The best and brightest CEOs are, are are doing a lot more than that. They're they're doing a lot more than that. And so, just think about it. If your competition is is spending, you know, ten percent of their time on getting better, and you're spending five, they're gonna pass you one day. There's no question about it, right? So, uh, and and I think you've got to be very deliberate about it. And it doesn't mean you're not learning in the i mean every time you talk to somebody every meeting you go to you know you're learning something but it's got to be more deliberate than that i i need to get better at this let's get at it let's get at it
0: that's great appreciate that and so when it comes to you know this deliberate learning you use this phrase the micromanaging the professional and personal growth of your own what does growth. it mean to yeah what does that mean to micromanage is there like a tracking system around it like how do you micromanage your your growth
1: you micromanage it well by identifying what it is that you what the priority is that's what I mean by micromanaging it but then and then doing something about it right like what are you gonna do about that well I'm gonna I I I'm going to i i am going to i am going to uh well number one is to identify what it is you other people think you need to get better at. Because, you know, we might, we see ourselves through our own eyes, right? And we say, oh, I got to get better at, you know, holding people accountable. And then you do a leadership 360, which is a tool every, every leader should use, a 360. And you find out that, you know, that's not what other people think, right? Other people think you've got to get better at, communications not you know holding people accountable you're doing a pretty good job with that as far as we're concerned uh but you know so it's really important that you get and i'm going to use the word anonymous feedback anonymous feedback from the people that are closest to you about um what you need to get better at and then and then that can give you a roadmap right just and the, the the 360 takes 30 leadership practices and rank orders them. Here's what you think, how good you are. Here's what everybody else thinks, how good you are. And closest to the furthest away. You go to the bottom of the page and work on the one that you're furthest away on, right? Because it's really important. Uh, you know, clearly, clearly, clearly communicated the vision of the organization and the values. CEO says, yes, I have. Nobody else seems to get it, right? Just as an example. So, uh, that that's that's being deliberate is to find out, identify what you got to get better at in the eyes of the people around you, and then and then work on it. And having peers, having a mentor, being part—I mean, learning—being part of the Growth Institute, right? Like you know, like which one am I going to go to in terms of getting better? You know who am I going to listen to? What book am I going to go at? Uh, That's being deliberate, and then go from there. It's not a smorgasbord. You know, you're not going to try everything. You're going to zero in, and over time, you're going to probably hit everything because you you can get better at everything. But you got to prioritize. That's there's, that's also the value of having a mentor, someone who, who will check your backswing. Having peers around you is really important too. Hey, eh? where you you're going to hear the truth. That's why i say an anonymous feedback. A lot of people say, no, no, you shouldn't have anonymous feedback. But yeah, you're going to get some one-on-one live feedback. But the value of anonymous is it's going to be right on the mark. You're going to it's it's the unmitigated truth.
0: Any final thoughts or things you want the community to take away? We've got a big year in 2023 ahead of us. And what do you, what do you, what's your advice for, for our learning, learner community today?
1: The word of advice is, is, to, is to, and everybody on this call is doing that. I mean, you're part of the Growth Institute, you're learners. Uh, you know, as Charlie Munger said, uh, you know, uh, lifelong learners uh, are learning machines. Uh, and every night when their head hits the pillow, you know, they're smarter than when they got up that morning. And so I think, I think you know, my final comment is to be deliberate about it, uh, you know, really focus in on, you know, what's the number one thing you need to get better at as a leader, and then get going with that. And then ask yourself that question on a regular basis, uh, so that you just keep moving, Just just the aggregation of marginal gains, like, like, as I said earlier, all the best, the best in their field do that. And the best CEOs I've ever worked with uh, do that as well. So,
0: Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates. Or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again and see you next time.